I done watched them niggas do interview after interview. They not culture vultures. The culture something they been into. So if you never gave them a view, I recommend you do. Cause when they question guests, they message is not subliminal. It don't matter if you a rookie or at your pinnacle. They gon' touch on stuff that you did and what you finna do. It's uncensored too. Yo, they never had a goofy show. But I saw some fools on they show acting goofy though. Well, if you think they L stupid though, you would get exposed like the hoes on OnlyFans letting Coochie show. They introduced the show when I sent this to Sam. Asked, oh God, that nigga said, oh God, you the man, Cass. I spit white like a clan mask. And I'm a hustler. I could stand out on the beach and sell sandbags. Some things can last, but this ain't just a podcast. This is Sam Ant and Oh God, Cass. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Oh God, driving Sam and riding passenger side, and you heard it out the mouth of the greatest rapper alive. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Oh God, driving Sam and riding passenger side, and you heard it out the mouth of the greatest rapper alive. Go gang. Welcome to another episode of the Hip Hop Uncensored Podcast. I'm your brother, old guy from Hip Hop News Uncensored, and sitting across from me is my co-host. What up, what up, y'all? It's your man, Sam, and Viral Hip Hop News. Man, we in the building for a special edition of the Hip Hop Uncensored Podcast. We got a special yeah. guest in the motherfucking building Let's this evening. Our man, Scotty. It's on the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you for this hip-hop uncensored podcast. You know what I'm saying? I like to give out all the shouts to, like, supporting these independent artists out here and just give them any information and education. Hey, man, that's love, and we definitely appreciate it, man. We usually start off talking about COVID and 2020, man, but um, we want to get right into it with hip-hop, man. You, We got Chris Gotti in the podcast. We don't want to waste okay. more. John, let's talk right here with hip hop, man. Look, I want to talk to you about a lot of the violence that we've been seeing with a lot of the young brothers in hip hop. As of late, a lot of a lot of the young brothers in hip hop have been going down from Atlanta to Chicago to Houston to Jersey. It's been going on all over the place. And um, we had a lot of people on the podcast last week. And one of the questions that I raised to them was, we see the music industry and we've seen a lot of information about the music industry and their overall agenda with hip hop its message and where it's being dispersed and who it's being dispersed to is their ultimate and overall goal being accomplished with all the deaths we're seeing now in hip hop in your opinion. When you, Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. Like, you know, I would hate to think uh, there's some type of conspiracy behind all of this stuff. Like someone, a big, big picture, you know what I'm saying? Someone behind moving, you know, a lot of the deaths that we're seeing, you know, you know, the, the, it's the young kids that they're, they're um, the gang violence, number one. So it's very difficult when blood is shed. It's very difficult to turn away from bloodshed. And it doesn't mean it was an artist, but if that artist is inside of a set or uh, a member of a gang, they're part of a retaliation and they get hit up like that. You know, there's a lot of ignorance. You know, we're trying to constantly educate, you know, Instagram, is a great platform, but it's also bad because it it pollutes you. It yeah. gives you so much wrong information, just like it could give you so much right information. So it goes both ways, and it's it's always up to the user to see what they get out of it. Uh, but the violence, you know, it sounds cliche, but it has to stop. You know, it's, it's senseless killings. And, you know, and then, you know, people getting in trouble for, like, things, but... Uh, you know, I hate to say senseless because I don't know all the facts of each mm-hmm. particular one. Right. You know, there's a time to kill. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's like, you know what I'm saying? And it depends if someone's in that position or not, not not knowing any of the facts or circumstances. But in my history, in my career, um, throughout the streets, you know, I was raised in, in uh, Hollis, Queens. You know, mm-hmm. shout out Hollis, you know what I'm saying? And, you know... Uh, Came from Brooklyn. We was in Brownsville first, but I was raised in house. But uh, I've seen people put all types of things aside to fix things, to make things better for a bigger picture, even with 
maybe not as many times with, uh, let's say, bodies if someone was killed prior and then, you know, the retaliation. But if there was other beefs, there was always a way to settle them. Definitely. Did and you that's want- something that young kids need to understand, like, that life is precious and, you know, and you could always get past these wrongs and, and fix it, especially when you're generating revenue and you're out of the poverty of what you was in and you're changing lives, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your auntie. Don't throw that all away for nothing, man. Definitely 100% agree. Did you get a chance to see um, the rapper Casanova two times? You know, the FBI put a, a RICO case on him. I know you're familiar, you know, with this. But shout, talk- out, shout out, Cas, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was someone that I, I got to get to know. Um, He's under a ton of pressure now without me knowing all the details, right? Right. I've been through that federal system and I know what they're going to do to him and it's nothing. It's medieval what they're about to do to him. And I would, all I'm saying is hold your head and God willing you protect yourself legally you know, from that standpoint because you're going to get put under such scrutiny and pressure uh, now that they picked you up and they probably have, I don't know all the details. I know I've seen the Rico. Of course, they, they Rico everybody now. Mm-hmm. And uh, your your phone is your number one reason you're going to get Rico. <laughs> wow. So his Instagram is yeah. going to make them get Rico, right? It's, that conspiracy is going to be rampant. Like he's dealing with the new version of the the, the judicial system, right? Where they're going to use all of that information. Think of all of the things he might have rapped about. That's evidence. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. sad, and I wish him all well in his family, man. I know it's not the easiest time. And I got to know him, and I know this is a good brother. Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, I've been around people that honestly don't want to be in situations they're in. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely one of them, in my opinion. But he has a demeanor. He has a, a physical stature, Right which forces other people to react to him. And then it creates an energy that just starts perpetuating. And when I started talking to him, that's absolutely what his life has been since he was a kid. He's always been a big, big dude. Big dudes get tried. (laughs) They get tested. You know what I'm saying? And he was one of those guys that that's what happened. And, you know, his friends that was friends or something that wasn't friends you're dealing with that coming up in Brooklyn and it's hard enough navigating in life when you throw in all those situations. I just wish him the best and hopefully, hopefully he holds his head and things work out good for him. Absolutely. Now it's a lot of um, backlash coming to media platforms in regards to casting over two times and his interviews with that yeah. platform. Um, you know, again, he serves a, 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 a right to have kind of some, um, I guess, uh, responsibility in this as well. Who has the responsibility? The, the the company that's putting out the the broadcast, asking the questions, distributing information. Well, you know, I mean, course, I got to answer. A, you're a reporter. Let's. You're a podcast reporter. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Um, at the end of the day, that's all love. That's your job. As the interview, the person being reported, you're reporting and getting information from me. It's my job to know what I'm giving out. Yes, you know sir. what was what was that uh skit? Uh, I think it was Chris Rock when he said, "When keeping it real goes wrong." Yeah, you're you're controlling your actions. Don't be mad of the question asked. Be mad of the responses given that you gave. No one put a gun to your head and say, "Say this." You know what I'm saying? Everything. You know, I could sit back and, like I said, in my career with Murder Rank and everything that we, all the trials and tribulations we was went through. You don't hear the conversations because there's not nothing to talk about. If we're gonna, if this is. If it's something like that, you keep it there. If it's not, you don't, right? And he has to understand that because now, and what I mean by that is for if he was doing anything illegal, I do not know. I'm just saying if he had anything illegal, the minute something happens for that illegal activity, all this gets piled on it, Mm -hmm. right? Everything that he said is going to just get piled on it. And then when you're facing 12, those 12 jurors that you're going to be facing if you go the distance like mm-hmm. we did. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's a, it's a, it's not, it's not cool because now they're getting a presented a case that says 
I don't know his full name, his real name. I'm just calling Casanova. He's saying the United States of America versus mm-hmm. Casanova. Yeah. The perception of the 12 that's going to be, you're going to be trying to deal with right away is like, oh, the government don't put you in trial for nothing. That's yes. why their conviction rate is so high. It's the United States of America saying you did X, Y, Z. Oh, the perception of those juries is you did it. How much did you do? Now let's hear your case. And then when they throw all that in, that's when it gets insurmountable. It gets so that's why the conviction rate is so high. They're what, 98 or 99 percent? They don't lose. You know, that's that's because of that perception. And when you walk through that door in that courtroom, man, that is ungodly. That's the devil right there, man. It's the worst thing you feel. I bet, I bet. Can you take us back a little bit um to your federal you know, your case with Murder, Inc. And sure. what was the first contact that you had with the FBI when it was like, all right, we into it now. Can you take us back there? Oh, man, they came to the house. Man. You wake you up and they come early. They don't come late. They come six in the morning. <laughs> they hit my house. They hit Irv's house. They hit all our accountants. They hit everybody at the same time, 6 a.m. You know why they do that? Because that keeps you unprepared. No one could go run to each other and try and fix something, change something. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's completely strategic. But at the end of the day, all we was doing was selling records. You know, and it's sad that we went through what we went through. And they didn't like the fact that we're friends with Kenneth Supreme McGriff, who's to this day my friend. And I still take care of. You understand? There's no, there's, he did nothing wrong. We just tried to help someone that we learned to know and became, you know, close friends with and help him be legitimate in real corporate America business, which he did. And when he made that first million, they said no. And that's when they came. Right. Now they, they applied heavy pressure on you guys. Is it true that they pretty much told you, like, if you don't give him up that you're going to be sitting in jail with him? Oh, absolutely. They used to come to my house. So again, they used to come to my house to come talk to me pretty often in a week I would say two to three times in a week every week don't before the trial started while we're only under uh we have we're, we're not even arrested yet except for we're under um investigation they didn't indict us they didn't arrest us yet they're just coming and fucking with you I'm telling you it's crazy shit and I never knew I had to pay for lawyers <laughs> and, uh, and I was wasn't charged for a crime <laughs> Man, you know, you know from what? a criminal standpoint, so they would come to the house and ask me your questions. They told me if you don't give them up, you're gonna be right with them. And I would sit there and I'm like, but he didn't, he didn't do nothing wrong, and I didn't do anything wrong. What are you telling me? I'm gonna sit with him. And they laugh and then leave. I it got to a point they came so much, I would just open the door and go back to the bedroom. And they would sit in my Damn. living room waiting for me to come out the bedroom. Damn. And I was like, you guys still here? <laughs> <laughs> How real hey, is it? Offer them offer something to drink and everything. Got comfortable. Like, you want some orange juice? You want some water? And they just look at me like I'm bugged out. And I'm sitting there like, but my whole, you know, my whole thing was I didn't do anything wrong. So I can never think that I would be in a position to fight for my life, which I was. But my mind never allowed me to go there, if you understand. Yeah, and I told my lawyers, I told my lawyer, Gerald Chargell, I was just with him. Uh, I told him, I said, listen, if 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 God has it where I got to fight from inside out to get back out, that's what I'm doing because I said I'm not taking a day for nothing I didn't do and I'm not making up no stories on anybody just to get myself out of a jam that shouldn't be here anyway. And he was like, he he read he instructed me. Now that was after they offered they offered us no jail time, but we have to tell a story on Supreme and we would get uh, probation. No jail time. He was facing 20. No jail time in that. And I told him, just set the court date. And that's what I told my lawyer. He And when I told him that, he said, hold on, Chris, before the, you, 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 he said, do you realize I cannot guarantee those 12 juries are going to say the same thing we know, which is we're not guilty. Mm-hmm. And I said, I understand that, Jerry, you go, let's set the date. And we went back in there and we set the date. And that, that was after they gave us two offers before that. That was their third offer, and we didn't accept it. But that's exactly what I told Jerry. I said, I'm not taking a day for something I didn't do. And if it, God is wanting me to fight from inside out, 
to get myself free or to exonerate myself, then that's the life I got. You know what I'm saying? I, I did I did all of that uh, with, with my brother, you know what I'm saying, with Irv. And I say with my brother, but the case, when you go through it, it was all really around me because I handled all the money, all the business. I was the business side. Irv was making records, but I did all the business. And when you're talking a money laundering case, who did the money? Chris. So everything was really circled around everything I did. If I didn't handle my books properly, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to Facts. Wow. How how did it ever come to a point where you were like, man, I know I'm an innocent man, but I may do some time knowing the conviction rate of the FBI and knowing they want me. There may be a... Uh, nah, 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 nah. I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. That's a great question. There was one time. Mm. It's deliberation. I'm going to give you the exact scenario. Deliberation. And if you ever been through a trial, so we was up for two charges. Conspiracy to money launder was the first charge, and money laundering was the second charge for a million dollars. I mm. mind you, we was paying eight figures in money in taxes. How am I laundering a million? I I was gambling over almost two million dollars a week, gambling, and they have all my records. This is them saying it, not me. They mm. proved it out for me. But wow. and I'm money laundering a million. I said, if I'm money laundering a million, why would I gamble two million? What sense does that make? Right. Right. And how, who am I money laundering with? Supreme didn't have money when I got to, when we started fucking with him. That wasn't Supreme from Supreme team days where he was making a million a, a, a week. That right. wasn't that nigga. That, that, this was Supreme after 12 years, came home, no money, ideas, but tons of relationships. But he didn't have no money. In his case, John Reagan, his fucking snitch, was fucking busy paying for his uh, hotels with credit card scams. If that's not a nigga of money, you got Texas asking, Preem asking for $500, $1,000. He was too proud to ask for money if he didn't have money. He would do it. And they, this is not a nigga I'm money laundering a million dollars with. Who am I laundering with? That's why that case was so stupid. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that one day uh, with the jurors, they come, when they're, when they're deliberating, the jurors send out notes. And the notes is to clarify a law or an interpretation of a law. And they asked us to interpret. Uh, sorry, the first charge was money laundering. The second charge is conspiracy to money laundering. Very important to order. And the, re- the reason that I explain is because when they asked the, the second, the note that came out was, could you define money, conspiracy to money laundering? And I said, oh, fuck, they trying to fuck us. I went crazy in the courtroom. And mind you, we're right at the table, but it's just our lawyers because it's deliberation, so no one's really in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And I, God, God is my witness. That's the one day that I thought, and it took me literally about 45 minutes to get off of it. I, I walked in a little circle right by the phone booth after I talked to the lawyers. Like, the fuck is this? Because what that means is we're not guilty on money laundering because that's the first charge. Right. So he also gave a verdict of not guilty for that. Then on the second charge, because if I did money on it, I had to conspire to do it. This is you're guilty, right? So huh. right away, I'm like, they gave us not guilty. I'm going crazy. How are they trying to fucking hang me on the fuck? And it's the same charge of twenty years. Either one is twenty years. And how the fuck are they trying to give us fucking conspiracy money? So my lawyers have to, with the prosecutors, provide the information of what conspiracy. To money laundering is, and if we, and then they're going to deliberate whether we did that or not. So we're conspiring now. That's the crazy shit with conspiracy. When mm. they throw that conspiracy on, and that's the reason you can't win. It doesn't even need to be like we fuck with each other or have a relationship. That is conspiracy. If you spoke to someone, they could make up the story. If the jurors believe it, you did it. That's it. Wow. Now can you? So can you take- it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I literally, after I, me and my lawyer's like, calm down, Chris, calm down. I walked outside the courtroom in a little booth where the phones are. It's literally, it's, and I walked in a circle talking to God for maybe 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And it, I was like, you ain't going to do this to me. This can't happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I went back in the room and I was calm. But that is literally the only time I was in fear. People used to see me out all the time during the trial. And, they, you know, we was on the front page. And they were looking at me like, damn, what are you doing out? I'm like, we're yeah. supposed to be in the fucking hall somewhere? Like, it was, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But they would look at me like I'm a Martian, I'm telling you. 
Wow. It would be, it would be the craziest shit. And I'll be out in clubs. My my driver, my boys would come with me. You know, uh, during the worst of times, made the best things occur. So the best thing that happened to me during the worst of that is I got to know everybody next to me, clearly. Mm. I investigated and I let them know I will be investigating each and every one of you fuck niggas <laughs> and seeing if you're cooperating with the government. Mm. So I know to get away and I'm a knock on wood. My niggas came back a hundred and I was out with them, partying with them right through the trial every day, get up in the morning after a party to go to trial, everything. And I didn't eat nothing but bread and water the whole time, every day. Wow, man, that, that, that was crazy. That was just me on my own mental. Yeah, like I would go. We we go every morning have breakfast with the lawyers. I bread and water. That's all I ate. Dinner time, bread and water. That's it. Was that almost like a fast for you? Like it bread was, and water. It was a fast, but it's really it was really me serving my mind. God forbid something happened. Got gotcha. you. It's like a, it's just a mental thing that I did for me personally. I got. You. Can, can you take us back before it's been it's not a rumor? I heard Jay Prince say it out of his own mouth. And um Irv, I think he said it, Dame Dash said a time where your brother Irv Gotti, Dame Dash, Jay Prince, and maybe one other person sure, was trying to Sugar Knight was trying to form a, a black music distribution company. And the rumor is, and not even a rumor, because like I said, Jay Prince said it, he said around this time when you guys got together, all the feds started coming at everybody. They came at Prince, they came at y'all. Could you yeah. confirm it be true? Absolutely. That's not a rumor. That's a thousand percent true. But there's also factors that happened to me. One of the, the main things was uh, Supreme made a movie called Crime Partners that it went straight to DVD. It was a DVD release. And the DVD did over $4 million first week. Okay. Which means Kenneth Supreme and Griffin now is a legitimized guy from the street. Right, legitimate business. He had a, ha- a million dollar deal with the soundtrack, and then the, the DVD comes out and does well. The soundtrack was going to sell, but they pulled it. Universal pulled it. They put up a million dollars for it. We had Jay Z on the soundtrack, Ice T, Snoop Dogg, uh, Ja Rule. This is in their height. You understand? This is records that Cream, because he knew all of these people and got records from directly. DMX all gave him records, and he went and got a soundtrack from uh, Universal for million dollars for Crime Partners. And the re- they, they they pulled all of the, the music. They own everything and stopped. They did not want this guy to become legitimate. They used to say to me, um, he won't get away. He's, you know, he's, he's the, you know, he's, he's going to be where all his friends are, either in jail or dead before this is over. This is what they would tell me. The feds. So this is what we dealt with. Like, Again, we didn't come out and talk about it when it was going on. We wasn't glor- I don't want to glorify the procedure. Now this this took a nine figure business for me and my brother, uh, and my family that we're still just now getting back to. Mm-hmm. How about that? And we're in twenty twenty. He was exonerated in 04. 16 years later, and I'm still just getting back to where we was at at that moment because of. You know, in corporate America, no one wants to do business with you. Yeah. At that point, no one wants to do business with you. And we was, all our businesses suffered from it. And like I said, we was doing over 200 million with Murder Rink, and now it's gone. All because people think 50 cent. I'm like, 50 could take away jobs, still a buck 50. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing 150 million dollars in Reverend. Like, are you kidding me? Stop. He couldn't stop it. But when your partner, your, your music partner doesn't, uh, work with you or cooperates against you and they're not supporting your music, how do you expect us to get back to business? Right. Now, 50 Cent, man, it's been a lot. I've seen some of your videos on 50. Um, first thing I want to ask you about 50, this rumor's been going around about him being a snitch and having a uh, protection order. It came out last year again. What's your experience with 50 Cent? Do you think that um, he I is... Say, I would sit here and say, first and foremost, I don't know him. That's okay. another misconception. I can't have. A, I'm a street dude, raised in. Again, I live by a, a code. I live by every. Never was in a gang. House crew might have been my gang because back I'm an old head, so we didn't have bloods and crips or anything. We was your block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So at the end of the day, I'm a Hollis crew member. Like at the end of the day, I don't know that man to have a beef with that man, right? But did I partake in actions against him? Of course, I was with Ja Rule who had the beef. I inherited beef. My brother inherits the beef. We are, that's family, Rock Rule's family. So at the end of the day, yes, there was altercations uh, more than once. We never took an L. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just a big misconception because he's the roughest, toughest Dundala in New York, but he never was out partying in New York City. And mm. at that moment when you're at the height, you never seen him in the clubs. And if he did, he was with a ton of police. Did he put an order of protection right after right after the the um uh, the what's that studio hit factory? You know, he had got stabbed, got beat up, ran, had a couple scratches, bruises, whatever he wants to say. I know he always makes light of it. He make light of the order of protection you put against me and her. He didn't put it against rule. He put it against me and her. Thousand percent. Uh, you know, I had a big beef with, uh, I think, Don Diva over it because they went and said he didn't, uh, which was completely false. And uh, Kavari would lie and tell you that now that it was a lie. But he, at the time, he ain't got them to put up... Uh, in a statement like that there was no order protection. We put it, I know Irv had posted it. I don't really get into all of this shit because it means nothing to me. Like I'm so over it. If I walk past 50, it's good luck, God bless. It's another black man. I want to see dudes do his thing, get his money. Just stay out. Don't get in my business. You know what I'm saying? All right. You, you think that he bit a job? Is that. I don't really, I don't really have, you know, my first encounter with 50. Here's another true story most people don't know. Clue, DJ Clue set up a game at Chelsea Pierce, basketball. Game. I go to play basketball. This is when he's with Bangham Smurf. Y'all remember Bangham Smurf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is when he's with Smurf, Bangham Smurf. Uh, Bernard, which is uh, Green Eyes' uh, Eric Sermon's manager at the time. And we're all in the gym. We go to play ball. I go to play some ball. 50s there playing ball. I don't know what he looks like or nothing. I just, the way I find out is 50s because I keep hearing chitter chatter on the court. So I asked, I grabbed the ball, I stopped the game. I said, yo, my man, do you know me? And he starts smiling, don't say nothing. And then Bangor Smurf come over to him, come on, fifth, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I said, oh, when I heard the word fifth, I said, this must be 50 who started making these little diss tapes on rule. <clears throat> so he come down, you know, come down the court, you know, I rough him up a little bit, nothing happens. So I said, look, you don't want no problems. Let's just play ball. And that's how we, we get down to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I grew up fighting. Like, I'm cool with it. Let's do it. No mm -hmm. problem. You know what I'm saying? I got hands. We could do that. No problem. End of the day, I said, you don't want no problem. Let's go. I'm thinking he just rap. It's rap shit. It's nothing. And, you know, Prey was managing 50 at one point. Mm-hmm. How's my OG managing him and he's trying to make means and he never shows up to the means. He never squashes the beat. You know, his history speaks for itself. I really hate talking about it. I ain't gonna lie because we're, we're so far, I'm so far removed from it and it, it, it means nothing in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and I did it. I put in the work. You know what I'm saying? I, I done dealt with every one of them G unit members except for uh, Banks. I never ran into him. Uh, but everyone else I ran into dealt with uh all of the D12, the Eminem, everybody like but who cares? It's like what who what, what difference does it make? You every the media wants to see another murder or something happen, like I don't want to even get into it. I'm past that. You know what I'm saying? I was dealing with something based on my relationship with my brother, which is not Irv Ja Rule, who's my brother. You know what I'm saying? So when he had an issue I had it, I inherited it. You know what I'm saying? Um, at this point now, it's like what's done is done. It's all done. It's history. But, you know, he was definitely in my case, Curtis Jackson. So when you talk about snitching, absolutely. Um, he said things to the police. Absolutely. Again, he could deny all he wants. So what do you expect the man to do? It's like, come on. You know what I'm saying? You think he's going to just come forward? It's cool. He's successful. He made hot music. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. And that's the God's honest truth. Like I said, I have no ill will with the nigga at all. Everything was based on what went down at that moment because of 
the situation with rule with him. You know, there was, you know, and there's so much facts out here or information. It's just the media may not choose to accept them because they like the troll shit. They like the capping shit. Mm -hmm. I'm not capping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talking from the hip straight up. Someone could come check it and fact check me. That's what the presidents do, right? They get fact check. <laughs> fact check me. You know, you know, if you should not use to say real me, say it twice. I'll say it again. You know what I'm saying? And that's a fact. Meaning I'm not gonna talk behind your back. Anything I say, I'm gonna talk say it to your face too. At the end of the day, I wish I listen, I wish him all the success. All the, just leave niggas alone and then it's all good. He's working with BMF right now. Shout out to yeah. yeah. my T's my man. You understand? Yep. The, 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 the reach of love, hey, the reach of the love is long. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Meech. You get on soon, man. Yes, sir. All can good. You, can you take All us back good. to uh, Jay Prince real quick, man, and um, how you met Jay Prince? I heard it was like, uh, I don't know how you met him, but can you get to that situation? <laughs> it's in the book. Is it, I think it's in the book. He writes about me in the book. You know, yeah. let Jay, I wish we had him here because the reason he made that book, I used to tell him all the time, you got to document it. You got to write that book, man, because his stories is incredible. And you know, coming from Houston, think about that. Coming from Houston, we're from, where's this podcast in? New York. South, South Jersey. In Jersey. Okay. Yeah. South Jersey. So South Jersey, um, even South Jersey is bigger than Houston. You understand? Mm -hmm. Like it's coming from Houston and all the obstacles he had to face to accomplish what he's accomplished in music and as a businessman, he's my number one. You know what I'm saying? He's my number one independent label ever in the history of music. Uh, no one better. No one better. His business acumen, his demeanor, his legend grows. <laughs> but I keep telling him, fall back. You don't need to say no more. You did it. Yeah, so we, had more. More. we had him on here three weeks ago. Real, real great guy, man. True honor. Definitely. Nah, that's, man. Triple OG. Again, I, again, there's nothing I can't say. And the way we met was over a producer that was signed to a seven who made a lot of the records with Irv. And Jay was putting pressure on seven. So seven tried to get away from Jay. When Jay found out he was the producer, he's like, I got your contracts. So hmm. then seven gets nervous and then starts backtracking on us, saying how he did all the music, all that money's his, and just give me my piece and you could take everything else to Jay. <laughs> <laughs> to which I had to go meet Jay. So I had to fly to Houston to go meet Jay for the first time. You know, I know of Jay. I didn't know who he was and he wants me to meet him on his ranch. He loves me to tell the story. He's like, come on, Chris, tell that story. <laughs> and I tell him, I say, um, I said, you know, I go out there and I was like, I had people in Houston. So I called my people up. Yo, I got a problem with someone out there. Who is it? Whatever. Yo, when you get here, just pull up. Yeah. The whole thing. And I get out there and I say, they say, who is it? Because I didn't want to talk over the phone. I tell them it's Prince. They say, oh, man, that's the big homely. Can't do nothing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm like, oh, man. So uh, Prem, Prem was home at the time. And Prem's like, I'm going to meet you over there, Chris. He he just finished seeing his his, uh, his nephew in Beaumont, Texas, in the feds. And he comes from there to, to Houston and meets me. And we talk. So, you know, we go to all this shit. And, say, and Jay is, everyone told us, don't go to his ranch if we're going to meet him. Hmm. Whatever you do, Chris, don't go to his ranch. So when Dang. I call him, like, yeah, I'm in Houston. Where you at? He said, come on to my ranch. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this nigga's lining me up right off the door, man. And, and you know, they was like, people don't leave his ranch. This is the rumors. This, you know, the legend. That's what I said. He was like, you go to his ranch, you never coming home. Damn. And right away, he wanted me to meet his ranch. So I go to his ranch, me and Prince, but he sends a call. I'm like, I'm going to drive there. He said, no, 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 I'm going to send people to come get you. He sent two SUVs. Damn. Four in each SUV. Well, four in one and two in the other. Okay, six niggas to come pick me up. And then I told him I got Prem and then my man Black, who's my man out there, is like, Chris, I'm going to come with you. So if we go down, I know him. I'll try and stop it. 
Mm, so, he come, so it's us three in the backseat, two niggas in the front, and then a whole nother truck following us with four niggas. Wow. And we get to the ranch, and I'm telling you, with me and Pre, we, we making jokes. We like, yo, it's good knowing you. We say, acting like we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we like, but we're going to take some niggas with us. Man. <laughs> and then we get out there. We yeah, listen, we get out there, and we look around. He got to have at least 70, 80 niggas in the house. Jesus. All over. Pre was like, damn. Pre was like, damn, this is the yard. <laughs> this is the yard. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is crazy. I know, look, they're cooking in the kitchen and the living room. They're outside playing ping pong. They're shooting pool. I mean, they're literally all over the range, all over the house. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in Prince. And he made me wait. So then I get a little impatient because I came a long way. I don't feel I should be waiting. Mm-hmm. Right, if I come all this distance, it took me a minute to get to the ranch, and then you know I'm coming and you're not ready. So I get up and I say, Leo, where's Prince? I'm like, Yo, I, I need to talk to this man, where's he at? And as soon as I did that, he come from the back, Hey, which one of y'all is Chris? And he was, I'm like, Yeah, it's me. And we going, Come on, he said, Come on in the back. And he's like, I said, Prem, you good? Prem was like, Yeah, I'm good, I'm at home. He's talking about he's in the yard, he's home and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we go into we go into Prince's uh office there. He don't understand the impression, or if he do, he knows exactly what he's doing. So the impression is crazy. It's just, I think, you know, and I'm not trying to brag or anything. I just, I'm a strong-minded individual. I don't fold under pressure. No one, no one's going to put the, like, even if I'm scared shitless, you'll never see it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because we're all human. I just have mm-hmm. a way of showing nothing. So I walk in that room, and I told Prince that. And like, he knows. That's why he loved me to tell the story. And he got... Uh, stuffed animals, like he got a lion over here. He so he's a hunter. You see all the, you know what I'm saying, the, all the artifacts. And then he got his desk. You see, I'm at my desk now. You see, this is my office. This is a desk. But right. behind him, he got the, the arsenal. He got the AKs. He got, <laughs> he got all the weapons behind him. And I'm like, oh, man, in my head, I'm like, this motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then we had two. We talk. We, you know, to his to his credit, he asked all the right questions and accepted all the answers because he knew it was real. Which oh. was, I told him, I said, Seven never could get a record with Jay. He don't know Jay. We did that. He's never getting a hundred percent. He gave him his fifty percent. I don't care if you take all of his fifty percent. He got it. But you're not coming over here. This is our money over here. We did like I did the business right. I didn't have to cut seven that deal, but I did it that way because I didn't want nothing coming back. And I would let all my producers, and that's why you never hear no beefing with money shit with Murder Ring. That's a fact. Because I did the business. You never heard Rule beefing about nothing. That nigga's still right here because we, we always did his deal. We took care of him. We made sure his deals were the best they could be. And he would understand we're fighting for him, even though he's on my label. You know what I'm saying? You know, with you know, in the label, uh, Universal hated us for that. They hated that we would inform our artists about why they should get the money and not. They would tell us, leave them, leave the artists, go get another artist. They'll come and take a less deal to watch and see. Hmm. They'll take less. And that's the nature of the music industry, at, you know, when we was dealing with it. It was like, basically, fuck artists. Yeah. I would say that's where they would. They're built on that, so I don't think they changed today. You know what I'm saying? I think the artist took a little. But that's more. the Jay Prince. You know, me and Jay became me and Jay Prince became you know dear friends after that. We've done a lot of business with each other, you know, um, and we've uh, helped each other out and a lot. Like I helped him out with a lot of things as well as he helped me out with a lot of things. So, you know, the the friendship has grown very uh, closely. You know what I'm saying? He's a dear friend. Dope, dope. Well, we know you were short for time, man. Definitely got more questions, but another day, another time, man. We don't, we don't want to hold you from your other meetings, but whenever you get some free time, brother, hit our people up and let's set this up, man. So man, we, can we really... didn't even get going. We didn't get nowhere either, man. Come That's on. What I'm saying it's only 40 minutes. <laughs> we can keep you got a little time. Let me rock a little more. We can roll a little more. 10 more, 15 I'll, I'll minutes. I'll tell you, you go, to, go to look. I, I did my text. You can go to 6 30 and we good. Love. All right. That's work. Cool. Um, so. The music industry, you're talking about it then, how it wasn't for the artist and how it was just it was a different day and time back when Murder Inc. was at its height. But now you got 2020 where 
it's a different day, a different time. How how's music different? Or how was it compared then and now? I have adventure music, baby. Adventure music. Adventure music. That's my, you know, my entity. And people always ask me how you as a label. Now you're a distribution company. I say because I understand what artists really need. I'm trying to empower the artists. So the freedom today is there. You know, the internet, we couldn't market back in the days. Today, you can market with, you, with it by yourself. That was the hardest thing to get your product out to people to know they exist. Today, you can do that for pennies on the dollar or free even with Instagram and all these platforms. Uh, so it's up to you. And you eat what you kill. The more you work on your shit, the more you're going to get out of it. So, you know, stop looking for handouts and start manning up and start, let's, let's go. Let's get to this independent. We all, you know, as black men... And we always talk about owning shit. Here's the opportunity to own music. Music, hip-hop is the biggest form of music ever in the history of music. It's bigger than anything you ever could think of. That's how big hip-hop is. And we own it. We should own it because we created it. Fact. You know, and we don't. And that's the problem. But now we have an opportunity because of the internet, because of the volumes of independent artists. If yep. they just understood, if they stick together, if they come to adventures and we have an adventure music community where we stick together and support each other because it doesn't it doesn't take away from your money because you like Jay-Z, because you like fucking John Doe. It doesn't stop your bread. That's the misconception. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If we could support each other in that capacity from an independent standpoint, I mean, Universal is no longer needed and it's time to let them be out of here. There's no need no. for regulating, in my opinion, today. Work. Agreed. Another big artist that you guys had on Murder Inc. was Ashanti. Um, what happened with that situation sure. to your uh, regulation, Ashanti, and our Murder Inc. situation? Everything was great. We sold a ton of fucking records. And, you know, Ashanti, that's baby girl. That's, that's Bon Bon. Shout out Bon Bon. You know what I'm saying? Again, what people misunderstand or talk about all the time, which I'm pretty sure you're alluding to, is Irving and her had a relationship. Mm-hmm. I want to, and I would love to interview your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> how about that for a re- okay. response? Yeah. And, you know, it's all how you handle, if Irving handled things the way I'm talking, it would be so simple. Like, right. oh, you want to talk about a shot? Let me go interview your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend <laughs> and let's see what they say about you. Or because even that, she won't say nothing bad is what I'm trying to point out. It was a relationship that, again, that, again, got volatile. And don't ever discount the fact we went through a federal trial. Universal, yeah. our partner, cooperating against us, not supporting our projects or our artists on the label. So if we put out an album, she's not getting promoted properly or anything because they're not supporting just let's not discount none of that shit and let's let's deal with facts, please. Like, so when people ask me about Shani, she just called me the other day. Like, we good money. Irv and her had a relationship. Irv and her have a love-hate relationship after they've been through. She can never hate Irv in the sense of he made her. He created that woman. She was not the artist she was until Irv put his hands on her and gave him his production and producing acumen. Irv is a beast. One of one. And I know it's my brother and people could discount it, but I could put up numbers and prove it. Again, I talk facts. I'm I, I'm not a, I don't say it just because he's my brother. I say it because it's real. Like, And I could argue it to anyone. What he's done, the amount of money generated for the artists he brought to the business, he's bar none. It's only Dr. Dre that got a fucking hand in, you know what I'm saying? That 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 could talk his talk what he's done from the impression of all the artists he's brought to the table. You know, it's very um and then with Ashanti, again, it's always loving, wishing her the best. Now Irv, I no matter what he says, there's a part of him that's his baby, it's his creation. You want to tell me just using your own common sense that you're telling me he would hate on that. Never. He wants to see that baby thrive and grow. And then he could always stand on it like, I built that. I made that. And he did. Everything she went through, he taught her everything. She was a baby. You know what I'm saying? She was a baby in the game. He taught her everything. And then the the relationship outside of the music relationship went into a whole nother aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about a very young girl with an old dude too. Don't ever discount that. Right? So she's inexperienced or not knowing things and not 
And, you know, Herb was out doing his one-two still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you expect? Shit is bad. <laughs> be mad. But it's simple <laughs> to understand. It's not more or less. And I promise you, there is nothing but love and admiration when it gets down to it. No, neither one is don't do good or I hate that. No, they just don't want to interact with each other. They they had a volatile relationship. Absolutely. Um I was there. Say that one more time. I always make jokes. I always make jokes with Shanti saying she owes me money for therapy. Because I was mm. her therapist and hers. They would call me, they'd be at separate hotels, but come over here and talk, come over here and talk, and I'm in the middle of it. Mm. She fine wine now, though. Salute to Ashanti. Salute to Herb, too, man. Uh, you know, one thing about you, brothers, it's always yeah. – uh, we, we've been we've been reaching out to you two since we started this podcast, you and your brother, Herb, and we're real honored to have you on right now to talk to you. Yeah. Talk about your upbringing and how you Appreciate guys are so focused and driven and just have that kind of aura about y'all that y'all won't allow anything to let y'all lose. Nothing else is – you know, we're first and foremost, we're family-orientated. Uh, my dad just passed from cancer or pneumonia because of the medicine they gave him for pneumonia. Damn. And um, eighty, you know, what he what he did, and it's eight of us. It's not just me and Irv. It's eight of us. But what he did and what he raised uh, was men. And there's an honor in the code in, of how we move and how we look at people again and what we want. We always, I want the best for everybody. That's no lie. If you're trying to harm me, I would never want the best for you, right? I'm, I'm going to protect mine, and I, I do it for my family. So it's bigger than me. It's bigger than her. So when you say you see the, that drive, it's really because I want to honor my mom and dad, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to honor my kids and give them my 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 ceiling is their floor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so understand that. So the higher I go, the higher they start. Word. And that's my motivation and drive. And me and Irv, we we just we understand that. And then once we get information and knowledge, we you know, we didn't go to school. This is all from learning the hard way and just listening and talking to people and forming opinions and ideas and trying shit and missing and trying it again, getting knocked down and stand up. All of those sound like bullshit, and that's exactly what you gotta do. Yeah. You know, get down now nine times, stand up ten. That's a thousand percent. Word. You know, Jay, we would have so many conversations in a lot of songs. I've been listening to some old Jay Z songs, and "Lucky Me" is the song <laughs> that I'm referring to. If you never knees in the dirt, you understand. I'm gonna go out mm-hmm. on my feet. Yeah, and that's because we used to have conversations with Jay Rock Rockefeller. We it'd be murdering Rockefeller. We just talking on some real live man shit, like. Grown man shit, but Jay put it in song. So when I listen mm-hmm. back, it brings me to understand the values and principles that we was all originated from, that we stood on. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You know, he talks about he he said he said if he go to court, he's like go to he said I'm not trying to be tough, but it was him or me. That's mm-hmm. some real shit, yo. When you listen to the words of Lucky Me, go ahead, everybody listen to this podcast. Go listen to Lucky Me. He said, and it's, it'll be sad if I don't get to see my godson, Boogie, Sonny, and Primo. Sonny's Irv's, just so y'all understand. Primo is a big son, and Boogs mm. is Dame's son. We was family. That's all family. Jay is family to this day. Never changed. Been through too much. You know what I'm saying? This is all family shit. Never could change. And he knows. You know, I had a conversation with him. I said, Irv is my brother. I said, but Irv's your brother. He'll die for you. Just mm. know that. He looked at me and shook his head. He got it. Because that was, and that wasn't at a good time. That was something that I would talk about that was a bad time when I said it. him and Irv went through something. But I mm-hmm. let him know in family, we fight. But it don't mean we ain't still right here. Damn. What, what do you think about um, you know, He understood. Like me and Jay, I, I love Jay. Like I said, when I look at him now and talk to him, I'm, I'm in awe. He's yeah. the chosen one. <laughs> He's the goat. Baby, he's the one. Say whatever anyone wants to say. He's the one. Definitely. What do you think about him and um Jay Z and Dame Dash's um relationship as of today, and um how Jay Z kind of went his own separate way. I love Don't Dame. Even- Shout out to Dame. 
That's my brother too. Dame is my brother. Hey, Dame is my brother too. When I talk that Rockefeller, it's not just Jay, it's everyone in Rockefeller. It was not, what? you know what I'm saying? It's not just DMX, it's DY, everybody in Rough Riders. That was mm-hmm. us. Irv created all three. They had a big time all three of those things. That's all family. And we extended it as such. We moved, we moved as such. Now mistakes was made, but at the end of the day, we move as such. Like family, you make you make a mistake if, as with your family members, it's okay. You fix yeah. it and move on. You only get stronger from it. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, because it seemed like at the time, I mean, it was a lot of competition, obviously, going on, murder inc. Rockefeller, Rough Riders. How did you guys stay so, you know, as a tight knit, tight knit family when you guys were essentially in competition with each other? Shit, we could, we all competitive. You crazy? <laughs> all competitive. Back then, that was the fun. Mm-hmm. Listen to me, that was the fun in it. Like, <laughs> let me tell you something. This is true shit. We would bust in on sessions, and back then it was dats. Or, mm. you know, we would have a dat of all our music. And we would bust in on niggas sessions and be like, what? Play this. And just start tape playing our shit and then leave. Fuck their whole session up. And <laughs> Swiss did it to us. Jay did it to us. We did it to them. It was part of the competition. Like, we got to make better records. But that's what made the history. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? We would do it with Puff. Puff was also part of the family. Trust me. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Puff was part of the family. We'd go in there and we bust in and play music. He played music and we talking ideas and Irv, Irv is a monster. Like, Irv is a monster. I don't take credit for all of that. I was just part of it in, in the experience of it. Irv is the creative that came up with all the music, all the concepts. All I did was help him make it happen. Oh, man, appreciate so these. He was doing all that, and I'm right there with him. You know, and I'm right there with him. It was just a great time, man. Music was alive, man. We would go to other people that wasn't family and kill their whole uh, dreams and hopes when they heard the music we coming with. Because we like, and then we, and then you know, back then it was like, uh, when when you releasing, because that's a big deal. Because you don't want to get in the way if we're gonna have a big release and you were less of an artist. So our friends, we would tell them the release. If you wasn't like our friend, we would never tell you when we release it. So we Smash might end up crushing your ass. <laughs> Smash your ass. But it's all competition. It was a friendly competition. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, this is a it's a it's a competitive sport. This hip hop shit. It's no one sitting back and oh he's the best and all. That's it. Everyone's trying to get drunk. It's the truth, right? True. True. Even Little Wayne. Yeah. Even Lil yeah. Wayne, even Nicki, his family. They trying to get him. He's just yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, sell better. That's a fact. Yeah. Hey, what's up with these artists? I don't know if you peeped what's it on IG. It? They 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 um sign an artist. If you're looking for an artist, you're looking for this. We got a lot of people in our inboxes hitting us up talking about yo, these niggas are scamming up and down. And I'm like, yo, we don't know enough to say enough. But now that we when got you say, on- who, who's who's looking though? What you mean? Oh, like art, like I'm looking, talking, like, who is looking for the artist? All right, like for example, we seen Bow Wow, he put it up. We just seen Game put it up. And I'm not saying that these individuals are scamming in particular, but we've seen a lot of artists put these artists in our inbox saying that they're scammers, that they're asking people to to sign up or or get on a mixtape and offer money and not providing what they're offering or what they're asking and just taking money from So in, in my opinion. So in my opinion, I understand, I understand. In my opinion, it's twofold, right? It's it's not just clear as they're scammers, right? I would yeah. say that. Um, but what I would say is maybe someone around them is 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 looking for a profit, a fast come up, because they know artists will throw them a thousand bucks, five hundred bucks, whatever they're asking for, real quick, and then you'll make a few racks or whatever it may be real quick. You know, in uh in I would I would only say like to the the people going there they should see what deal do they have because most of those artists you mentioned don't have a deal. Mm. So see you got to do your homework too as the consumer. Don't just accept what they give you, right? Fact check. If they have a label situation, yes, they could walk into a label. That is absolutely. Uh, and I will sit there and tell you if even if they walked into a label, the label's not just running and giving them a deal because the times have changed. Yeah. So labels give deals based on numbers and response uh, audience today. They don't care about your music like they used to. You know, we would get a deal based on they heard a song. 
and they a label like I could market that and make it money. Let's get this guy a deal. Let's go. Today they don't give a fuck about that. They care about the reaction of that song. Did you put it out? How many people's looking at it? How many people's listening to it? How many people's fucking with you? So then now they can they could mitigate their risk. You know, they could they could go and start looking into business from a business perspective to say, okay, it makes sense to give this guy a million dollars. So if you're an artist trying to get that deal, understand that that's exactly what they have to still do with you. Now, if they have their own label with a with, with a with a deal behind it, and that's what they ask, and then you won't get scammed. Just ask a question; you might get the answer. It's simple as saying, "Hey, what label are you with, and what's the what does the winner get?" I don't want to just sign to you, and I don't know you got a deal because then now you got to shop me to get a deal. Now you might want that also. There's going to be artists that want that. They want mm-hmm. the affiliation. They want to be next to that artist, and then cool. But there'll be the ones that don't want that. I'm a transparent guy, so when I try, what I try to do with my company, Adventure Music, is be as transparent as possible. I want you to understand and then look in the mirror and make your decision. Right. I don't want to make a decision for anybody. I don't own it. When it's Murder Inc. and I have an opinion because I own it, it's different. I'm going yeah. to say, hey, I like that or I don't like that. But when it's your shit, I don't want to tell you about your music. You you own your music. You do what you want. Make it. Huh. Figure out your game plan. And then help, you need help executing. I'll tell you what you could do and who you could get to. And then you pay and you could get to them and try and execute. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just got one last question for you, man, uh, today. Uh, we appreciate you know this powerful interview today. Um, a lot of people don't know that you became a millionaire um, in real estate before you got into music. Can you talk about that? For our audience? Oh, sure. Um, before, you know, when we were struggling, I, the, the reality is my mother was throwing me and she wanted to throw Herb out the house <laughs> uh, because we wasn't making money. So we wasn't doing nothing. We wasn't going to school. And we wasn't, she's like, I'm not raising no bums. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to her. Again, some Irv doesn't even know. So this summer, I never even spoke to Irv about. But I went to my mother and said, don't bother Irv. I'll go get some work. And I did. And, I, you know, I, I was always building stuff. I swear to this day, I think I built, you know, those pull-out basketball courts? Yeah. 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 You roll and you put, yeah. You know, I, I promise you, I was the first one to ever make that. I built a pull-out basketball court on my block. And... I'm sure someone who invented that and got the credit for it, seeing that pullout that I made and went and patented it and made up. <laughs> but I made that pullout basketball court way before there was pullout basketball courts. Um, and then I noticed as soon as I did that, because I used to pull it out and play right in front of the house, uh, I noticed that I started seeing them everywhere. So what I'm trying to say is I always was very uh, good with my hands as far as building you know, no one. I know. I don't have a picture of these things, and I wish it was today because I, 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 I wish I had a picture. I built a radio. You know, back in the day, we used to have a, a big boom, boom box, yeah. you know, big speakers, and carry Radio Raheem. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying I was Radio Raheem, but I made my own. You know, we didn't have no money, so that's why you're hearing me make all of this shit. And I would take scrap wood and make shit, and, and like I made the basketball court. We, we stole the rim, and we stole the net. And then I built the backboard. I took wood and made a backboard and made the stand and the whole thing, a lot of wood. And I made a radio because we didn't have radio. So I went and made a radio. My boy used to steal cars. He had all these car radios. So I took a car radio, some speakers, some six by nine speakers. I put an amp inside it. And I literally made a radio that was fucking loud as fuck. And again, uh, anyone that went to Bayside High School with me would have seen me carrying it. But I don't have any. And if anyone from Bayside High School has a picture, contact me at Chris Gotti at 187 and send it to me. I want to see it. I promise you, I've been trying to get a picture because people don't believe I built the radio. Uh, but the whole football team, I used to play football. The whole football team knows all my boys, because they used to tell me to bring that shit because it was so loud. Uh, and one of my players, Jason, Jason was my uh, uh, lineman. He was a lineman. He used to always say, play Turn It Up, which is a Kumo D record. And mm-hmm. like blast that shit, and that's the his favorite record. Get him hyped. And, but I used to have a homemade radio, and I had it working on batteries or a plug. 
He just had to switch the switch, whichever one he was doing. So I always was good with my hands. My sister was in construction and working on the inside for a company called Prude Construction. And she was learning. She learned the inside. She's an accountant, but she learned how to do bids. You know, I'm doing city work. I wasn't doing like homes at the time. I'm not talking about uh, that. I was doing city work. So I was doing parks, schools, uh, and roads, things like that. And then you have to bid. And it's all city work, which means it's union. We're a black-owned company, we, and we our specialty was concrete. And we started bidding on jobs and getting jobs. We did a, had a partnership with a guy named Ken Frolic who owned the Gateway Demolition, which Gateway didn't do general contracting, just building stuff. They only ripped shit down. But we, we convinced them to put up the bonds because we didn't have the money for the bonds. So the bonds is very important because if a job is... $3 million, we have to have bonds with value of $3 million to, to, to get the job. And we didn't have that. So we did a deal for 50-50 with Kenny. 50-50 on all profits. And he did. He put up the money. And we bid jobs. We started getting jobs. And the jobs got bigger and bigger. Our biggest job was over $17 million. And we, at one time, was doing over $40 million, over $40 million in construction work. So I, I learned how to operate every machine, everything. And then, you know, me and my sister, we're partners and, we, you know, we're making good money and we were funding Irv. Then Irv got hot and shit changed. And it's that's great. what I made. I, I was with Irv in the music. I was with Irv in the music for the, the reason he started music. I DJ. I had the equipment. He started getting on it and got really nice. And that's really the, the inception of how he got started music. So um, once we got in it, I couldn't, we wasn't making money. And then my mother came, I was like, fuck, I got to go get some money. And then that's how it evolved into that. But, you know, I did construction for 13 years. Uh, and we, we did, I mean, my jobs are still all over New York City. Brooklyn, uh, Bronx was my main borough. I did so much work in the Bronx, so much work in Brooklyn, Queens, uh, a few jobs in Staten Island. Uh, but those were my main jobs was those boroughs in that order. And we did park schools, you know, um, highway, not highways, uh, bridges. Uh, yeah, highways, sorry, highways and roads. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, Kennedy High School, there's a school right next to Kennedy called 230. We built that whole school there, the whole street, the whole thing. Uh, and that's in the Bronx. Oakley's car wash was right there. So, we, you know, I fuck with Oak. Shout out to Oakley. Uh, Charles from the Knicks, Oakley, just so you know. Yeah, Charles, Charles, Charles Oakley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we used to see him all the time. I remember one time I was operating machine. I ripped up the um, the power lines and shut down all the power over there. <laughs> hey. You know, his car wash had to close down. Yeah, it was crazy. wasn't my fault. See, when you get specs, the city has to tell you where all their lines are. Hmm. So once I ripped up the ground, they didn't tell me there's any power lines here, so I could dig. And they was wrong. And it wasn't close. It was far off. So I would hate for all the businesses downside. Right. Damn. You understand? Wait, if I shut down the power and no business could operate, mm-hmm. we have to pay for that. Yes, right, sir. right. Lost business revenue. But we didn't have to because it wasn't my fault. Inspirational as hell, man. But yeah, what construction was definitely, you know, it's one of my biggest regrets. I didn't keep up the business. I, I always say that. Because I had such a good time doing the work. I enjoyed it. Made, was making money. And then I, I had a great crew. All black. I'm telling you, these, these dudes never seen nothing like us. They didn't believe it. All black dudes out there. I did have two Italians. Old school guys that was super smart with the business of building stuff. And they, they was loyal as ever to me because I brought them into this environment. But everything else was black. It was crazy. People, uh, do you know about coalitions? You said coalitions? Yeah. Do y'all know coalitions or no? Uh, no, you got to school us on that. Hard to term, but. Okay. Coalitions. Coalitions is, you know, if you was in the mafia, mafia would come to your store and tell you, you need protection. But you're really getting protection from them. If you didn't pay them, they break your windows. So the coalition is from that same thing, but it was for blacks. It was for minority, black and Spanish. So if you if we was a job in Brooklyn, and it's way in the middle of the hood, 
We in Marcy Projects doing doors. Sorry, Red Hook, Red Hook Projects doing doors. The coalition, there's a group of guys that would come together in a bus, a school bus. It ain't a little group. This is a big group, 50 or more. Mm. Pull up on that school bus and tell us, put your shovels down because they want jobs because you're employing people in their community. So you have to have X percentage of minority workers on your jobs. So whenever I would tell them it's my company, you never believed I was really working. So I never looked like the boss. I was working because it's my company. I want the most, I, I could do the work. I'm going to work and do it. And that's it. So they, mm-hmm. they would tell me, and they never believed me. My sister would be there. They never believed it. She'd be working. Tina would be in the hole digging just like the rest of the men. Wow. And if they pull up and see that, they they didn't believe it. Then when they realized, like, all my d- people that was working for me is my dudes from the hood that I gave jobs and taught them a trade and gave them experience, right? And they, they're with me. Man, it, it used to get crazy. But then they got to know me and my sister. And then they would pull up and like, oh, man, it's Chris. Oh, man. You know? And I'm like, because they couldn't get jobs with us because I'm a minority company and I'm employing all my minority workers. I said, if you want to go talk to the GC, get the job. I am the GC. You got to go to this job. They don't have that. They don't have, you know what I mean? Mm. So the coalitions, there should be a movie on coalitions. That's how deep it was back then. A lot of those guys went to jail because of what they was doing. Damn. Powerful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate you, man. We know you got to get up out of here tonight, man. We got another interview coming up ourselves, man. Yeah. Chris Gotti in the building. Will you go ahead and uh, let yes. everybody know? I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for having me here, man. Can Larry drop your social, uh, social media handles, please, if you may, where people can find you? Okay. You see, I posted it on my picture. I seen it up there. It's Chris Gotti 187 because it's still murder, in case y'all think it's still not murder. It's still murder. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, man. Well, we salute to you, brother. But Appreciate it's all good. You. you know, but Adventure Music, go to my other company, AdventureMusic.com. If you're an independent artist, sign up, become a member. All I do is empower independent artists to help them with their careers, show them how to get this money. No matter how good or bad you are, record, music done right makes money. And I, I show you how to do it. Indeed. Chris Gotti in the building on the podcast. Powerful yeah. interview. Salute. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I right, appreciate y'all. Have a good one. You, you too, too, bro. bro.